All-Ireland final in 2018. Watched it in Cook Park and I thought I was going to throw up. Like it just, it was a horrible feeling. You wanted to win, but you just felt like, oh my God, if, if they do win, they haven't been there. Like, is it worth it being over here? Subscribe to the OTBGAA podcast feed wherever you get your podcasts. The News Round on Off The Ball with Gillette. Start your day in flow with the new Gillette Labs Razor with exfoliating bar. This is News Talk. And you're very welcome along to tonight's Off The Ball. It's Richie McCormick here with you right through until 10pm tonight, at least on the sports side of things, and a busy show on the way between now and then. The GEA presidency is up for grabs tomorrow night at GEA Congress. We'll assess the runners and riders with Declan Bogue up after 8 o'clock. Also after 8 and also on the Claw this weekend, Galway's minor herders are looking for some provincial action. They're tired of being left out in the cold and the Galway chairman Paul Bellew will help state their case tonight uh, after 8 o'clock here on the show. And the new League of Ireland season commences tomorrow night. A set of four games both in the Premier Division and the First Division to go through and Vinnie Perth will assess the state of the league and who could possibly challenge Shamrock Rovers this season as they look to complete back-to-back-to-back-to-back-to-back championships. We've also got the small matter of live European action ongoing and Manchester United have just gone, it would seem, 2-1 in front away to Barcelona having fallen behind in their knockout playoff tie. We have to kind of get the uh, terminology right around this one because it's slightly confusing. Not necessarily last 16, uh, but it is the knockout playoff round. They'd fallen behind to Marcus Alonso header and now seems through a Casemiro goal and a scrappy one at that that they are now 2-1 in front. Joining me on the newsroom, delighted to say is Colin Mulaney. Colin, welcome back to the studio. Evening, Richie. How are and, you? And uh, Will O'Callaghan is also alongside me as well. Will Good evening. Evening, lads. How are you getting on? Uh, not too bad. Not too bad. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to lie. It took everything within my willpower not to go. And on the show tonight, brand new music from blah, 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 blah. <laughs> because I've been set in stone as regards presenting uh, for Tom tonight. At this point, you're effectively chained to the news talk chair because you're going to be on for what, another couple of hours once it's finished? I have been on to Amnesty International. <laughs> I've made the relevant calls to the relevant people. And uh, one day, uh, I hope to be freed from my radiator uh, here at News Talk. Uh, in classic style, the Manchester United <laughs> goal has gone to VAR. Ha, ha, well, I had to. I was looking at like they were even they were running away unsure of themselves of whether or not they'd scored. But they have made a habit of this over the past while to kind of hang in matches and and land knockout blows. Marcus Rashford, of course, would be the man who got their goal to level matters at the Camp Nou tonight. Uh, that after that, Marcus Alonso opener just a couple of minutes beforehand, and it looks as if they're looking to get back underway here at uh, the Camp Nou where it is Barcelona 1 Manchester United 2 that goal has indeed been given Uh, yes indeed Uh, so it is that that we're going to be keeping tabs on as well Uh, we'll also have John Giles on tonight as well with reaction to this match not only that but looking back on last night's top of the table clash uh, between Arsenal and Manchester City 3-1 victory for City during that one and the Merseyside Derby is also in his purview as well and the situation at Leeds and involving Jesse Marsh Jesse Marsh has had an interesting week um, he was sacked as his Leeds manager just over, I guess, a week ago now to the consternation of Leeds fans at this stage because they're trill, still trying to hire a replacement. Jesse Marsh has obviously been in contact with Southampton. Southampton didn't want to give him longer than a six-month contract and Jesse Marsh, uh, no short way of putting about it, told him where to go and he's fully within his rights to do that. So, Leeds still without a manager. Guess who's on the horizon? I only know because you told me just that we were coming in. Yes, the listeners don't know. Leaning out of his car window to put his name and indeed his hat in the ring for the Leeds United job, one Harold Redknapp. How many times has Harry Redknapp said, my next job is my last job in football? I think one fewer than Neil Warnock. Uh, So they're about to level up uh, matters in that front. 
We checked out where he'd been most recently. I I, we all presume Southampton. We all presume Southampton. I, I presume Southampton. We forgot about QPR. Where was he last, Will? Jordan. And then he went to Birmingham. Do you remember that year where he was trying to keep Birmingham in the Championship and it was okay. a pretty short mm. spell where he was at Birmingham? So yeah. He's actually been actively employed as recently as 2018. Yeah, I'm told. I'm told you have to change your mic. How good would it be though? Would it get get Harry back in the back in the game as well? But I can't. Has he been linked with any jobs recently? I haven't heard his name even linked with. It's just come totally out of left field. This is the first time. Is apparently the Mirror have reported that he is the one who has even contacted Leeds. He has put out the veritable "come and get me" plea to Leeds United to give him gameful employment through to the end of the season and. Such is the stage of their managerial hunt whereby they've had uh, Andoni Iraola turn them down, Carlos Corbran signed a new contract extension to West Brom, Arna Slot has decided to stay on and think, do you know what, I might win an Eredivisie here with Feyenoord, I'd rather not get relegated potentially with Leeds and that's absolutely fair enough and now they're in a situation whereby Harry is offering himself to Leeds. It's beautiful in a way. I want to see it, I want to see it happen. What does it say, like... Is it still not an attractive job to to managers out there to manage in the Premier League? I know the situation might be might be difficult at the moment, but I mean, if Harry Redknapp offers himself to you, he's been out of the game since you say since twenty eighteen. Um, it's all about motivating players. Yeah, I mean, it's an unusual one to say the least. I mean, I I do they go for it? <laughs> I think, how bad would it look now if you're Leeds United and you've seen a story in the paper where it's like Harry Redknapp has offered himself the man who's been out of work since 2016 you're saying with the I 2017 with the Jordan gig kind of want to know has this happened directly or indirectly so if Harry Redknapp decides I'm going to offer myself does that mean his agent goes to talk to Leeds or did Harry Redknapp literally call up Ellen Road and say you know what I was a terrific manager why not take it <laughs> who does he get through to who does he make the phone call to is he ringing Andrea Radriazzini is he ringing the secretary at Ellen Road is he just kind of you know putting it out there that you know putting like almost cosmic ordering in the same way that you know uh, Noel Edmonds has done back in the day where, <laughs> yeah. where he decides yeah. oh, if I put this out in the ether then I will find my way back into work and I don't have to do ads anymore I don't have to do I'm a celebrity get me out of here anymore I just well you have to admire the uh, the gumption and the moxie yeah, yeah the confidence that you need to have to do that um, God I don't know I mean could you imagine it happening I mean it's been such a strange week for Leeds hasn't it because we were here on Monday morning and it was virtually set in stone at that stage that Marsh was going to take over at Southampton mm. and I mean then that that falls by the wayside uh, pretty quickly so I mean like I still think these jobs are attractive obviously both clubs are in difficult positions now but it's still the Premier League there's but still quite a chunk of the season left to go if you, if you look at what like, if they're looking if you look at what Southampton tried to do to Jesse Marsh are Leeds going to try and do something similar whereby they have a six month deal and then a build on that if we stay up kind of thing it's a very very tricky thing to kind of manage I guess it depends on the ambition of the manager like if the manager is thinking I actually have a much longer term plan and I think no matter what happens back me even if we drop into the championship you're appointing me for the reason I'm going to build something here so let's be here for the next couple of years at least that manager is not going to be attracted but for a manager who thinks this is a Premier League gig Leeds are a big club Leeds have made some interesting signings during January. Probably should have enough quality, I think, to stay in the Premier League for the rest of the season. Do you not back your own ability to say, right, I'll keep them up, and then I've got a very strong hand in the contract negotiations this summer? 
Yeah, it's an interesting one. I'd be interested to put it to John. I'd be interested to put the Redknapp story to John and see if we, oh, if we get an instant reaction because I'm not sure because this only kind of came through in the last hour or so whether or not he's um, he's heard that one and what his, uh, his reaction to it would be or whether or not he has a dossier prepared much like when like Terry Venables was on the verge of becoming Ireland manager. Apparently. We're going to shoot this kite down as Dumpy said. Uh, we are, absolutely. Spectacularly. Uh, what have you made of this so far, Will, by the way? The Barcelona United game. It's actually been... It, it's quite clearly neither club is at the level they probably have been previously and probably would want to be themselves but it's been an entertaining contest nonetheless as Eric Ten Hag gets a yellow card for giving lip Yeah, I mean it it feels like the tie has swung even as it's gone on in Manchester United's favour because Pedri who was having a really good first half went off injured just before half time then Barcelona took the lead for all the possession they had in the first half had created very little Manchester United created the better chances uh, both Weghorst and Sancho had chances in the first half and then once Pedri went off, Manchester United started to come back into the game more. Marcus Alonso scores from a corner. And then after that, you would look at the Marcus Rashford goal and you would think, credit to him for taking it really quickly and shooting a cross goal and maybe catching Ter Stegen out. Uh, but Ter Stegen really should be saving at his near post. And then you saw the second goal, which was eventually bundled home by Casemiro Varane, tried to apply the finish before that. And now Barcelona are bringing in Andreas Christensen, where there was a big surprise that he didn't start yeah. uh, for Kessie. I think Kessie has picked up an injury from a tackle. Eric Ten Hag wasn't happy with the decision to award Barcelona a free kick and he got booked and now Barcelona is sending on Ansu Fadi as well. So they're going with a change of shape and probably feeling they have to try and get themselves at least level uh, going into the second leg of this, what we should call a playoff tie uh, between the two teams because I think um, you said it earlier, it could be a case of Barcelona win tonight, United win the tie. Yeah. I get the feeling without Dembele and without Pedri, it's now big time advantage Manchester United in the tie generally. There's a man there standing over the ball who could have a say in the uh, final outcome of this. That is uh, Robert Lewandowski. Uh, United, apparently Barcelona, have a free kick around about 25 27 yards out from goal we'll keep you posted on that and we'll get reaction to it as well from John Giles after half past seven but the news round is brought to you with Gillette Labs for an effortless finish to your day and we'll start Cahill with some bad news on the injury front for the Irish rugby team Yeah, Tyg Burns set to miss the rest of the Six Nations the Munster second row sustained an ankle injury in last weekend's win over France and was due to undergo surgery today he's going to be out for up to 12 weeks which will also effectively rule him out of the rest of Munster's Heineken Champions Cup campaign. The Irish defence coach Simon Easterby addressed Burns' injury in a press briefing today. He's headed in for an operation today um, and I guess the, um, the, yeah, the kind of high ankle issue which is the syndesmosis which is going to be anything between 10 and 12 weeks um, out of action. So... Yeah, it's, it's quite a common operation these days and, and it's a procedure which a lot of players have had to go through. So hopefully uh, you know, the operation goes well and he's, he's back up and running and ready to go in about 10 or 12 weeks. Yeah, when the next cab off the rank in that respect, Will, is Ian Henderson. It's not really, like, you don't want to say too much of a cause for concern because any injury like that is a cause for concern. I think the hope now for him would be that he's back up and running at full tilt by the time the World Cup rolls around and that we can manage in terms of the second row from here on in. It's probably a bigger blow for Munster in the grand yes. scheme of things. With yes. this time window, he's not going to be available for South Africa for their trip in the quarterfinals in the Champions Cup and Byrne is such a crucial player on both sides of the ball for Munster that that's a huge, huge blow. As you say, I think Byrne's been playing very well for Ireland. He's actually meshing quite nicely with James Ryan. But when you can bring in a line and Ian Henderson to step into the second row, that cushions the blow a lot more than it will for Munster, unfortunately for them. Yeah, some shocking news as well today, Cahill, and uh, I guess this 
this is an unexpected one, uh, but huge news as regards Catherine Dane. Yeah, she's revealed that she suffered a brain hemorrhage during an Ireland training session. The Scrum have posted on social media today to say the incident occurred three months ago and Dane thanked the IRFU's medical team who were on hand to respond immediately. She also thanked Beaumont and Connolly Hospitals, Rugby Players Ireland and her family and friends for their love and support. The 26-year-old say she hopes to make a full recovery and return to work and rugby in the future. Yeah, we wish her all the best of that. An exceptionally uh, serious uh, issue with which to deal for Catherine Dane there. The rugby news continues and indeed the attritional nature of the sport's kind of coming to the fore again. Yeah, Jack McGrath announcing his retirement from the game today. He was released by Ulster last year and had been battling a hip problem in recent seasons. He spent most of his career at Leinster where he won the Heineken Champions Cup in 2018. Also made over 50 appearances for Ireland. He was part of the Six Nations winning squads of 2014 and 2015. And in addition to that, McGrath also played three times for the British and Irish Lions. Yeah, fantastic uh, player in his day. This next story is is absolutely fascinating me. Um, I, I was kind of all over it last night because... It was developing literally as it was trying to finish up and I saw the news from the Times that the Welsh players en masse, the Welsh squad, had walked out of a charity do uh, because it was one of their sponsors, they had the week off, they were all expected to turn up. Uh, they were there and then walked out at this event at a hotel in Cardiff and this is all related to the, I guess, the terrible situation that they find themselves in whereby there's a freeze on recruitment, there's a freeze on new contracts. A lot of players either don't know where they're going to be in six months' time or... Uh, are going to see their wages slashed. Either way, the outcome is not pretty and this continues to develop almost by the hour. Yeah, so the Welsh hedge coach uh, Warren Gatlin saying he fully supports his players in their ongoing contract dispute but won't back them striking in their Six Nations match with England. There's currently a freeze, as you say, on new deals in the professional game in Wales. An agreement has yet to be reached with the regions. The squad are due to meet next week to discuss possible action ahead of that upcoming test in Cardiff. Gatlin feels not playing wouldn't be the right way to make their point. I completely support the stance that they're taking in terms of wanting to get some resolution about the, the issues that they have, but you know, a lot more things at stake in terms of um, ensuring that that fixture does take place. Yeah, I don't think it's a surprise to hear a WRU uh, employee, Warren Gatland, say the strike probably isn't the best way to go about things. He's in a very difficult position because he would obviously be very close to the players and doesn't want to see them um, suffering either. But also the add-on to that today being, because I think Netflix people would have seen this story and would have been like, yes, yeah, something juicy to hang this next series on. Yeah, and so they were told to leave the press conference today and uh, I think we've all heard the rumours and the unhappiness at some camps at the presence of cameras yeah. but it seems to be a particularly uh, interesting one interesting point in the Welsh setup now as you say it would be good content from a viewer's Huge, point of view yeah. but they're not in there at the moment and I think they were told as well the Netflix producers that they would not be able to have the cameras rolling around any of this situation either so any discussions as regards the pay and contracts and all that kind of stuff is not going to be covered by this Netflix documentary. So like without having seen the contract that's been signed between the unions and Netflix it's very difficult to know what access has been promised. Yes. But say if contractually this has been broken with the situation with the WRU at the moment there's 120 or 130 grand might well be quite welcome if Netflix were to get some kind of compensation for this. Yeah, 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 there is there is that kind of stuff. I think it's probably within the rights of the um the Welsh squads that this is an extraneous matter to events that are going on within the walls of the Six Nations as it were so they could probably argue that that's 
enough of a reason to. And a director or editor who is very good at their job will be able to spin this quite beautifully. Oh, if they want all to. you have to do is have like that shot of somebody forcing a camera down, saying, no, can you please like get out of this? Uh, have a lot of intercut shots of Welsh players from like weeks ago, mm. just in moments of despondency, you know, after a bad challenge or after a bad breakfast an or awkward, whatever. An awkward conversation taking place in the hallway next thing the cameramen are being escorted out of the building. Some sinister music playing under the background. We could have worked for that uh, TV show, The Framed Homer Simpson, for grabbing that uh, young babysitter. <laughs> what was that show called? Was it, uh, I'll come back to me in a second. It was the Simpsons version it of was Hard Rock Copy. Bottom, wasn't rock it? Bottom. Rock Bottom. Oh, there you yeah. go. That's what the one with the clock in the background. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Listen to the music. Sweet, sweet She's can. clearly evil. <laughs> <laughs> Rowdy Ronnie Peeper. I yes, think, indeed. Was, the, uh, was used against Homer. Well, <laughs> we'll uh, leave the titles for that potential documentary out to the listeners. Fight through 106 if you want to get in contact tonight. And you can tweet us as well. Uh, add off the ball. I mentioned last night in the news round that it's been a very difficult period as, for Tipperary's hurlers as regards the list of injuries that are out there. Uh, Carl Barrett is one of the ones who's in a race to be fit for the start. He's got a broken shoulder blades. Uh, Paddy Cadell is a crucial ligament. Jared Brown's d- done his knee as well. He's not going to be involved this season. And Niall Amar is in a race to be fit to face Clare in April. Another one bites the dust today. Yeah, John Bubbles O'Dwyer has retired from intercounty hurling with Tipperary. Killing all forward won All Ireland titles with the county in 2016 and uh, 2019. And he also had that free at the end of the 2014 drawn final against Kilkenny, which was ruled wide by Hawkeye. He also won an All Star that year, two Munster titles and a Railway Cup medal as well during his career. So best of luck uh, to him. But he has struggled uh, with injury in recent seasons. And there's some live hurling on tonight as well, uh, Richie, mm. in the Fitzgibbon Cup. It's currently used. CC, the University College Cork 215, University of Galway 117. That game into the closing stages. That's a semi final match. And uh, Southeast Technological University Waterford play University of Limerick in the other semi final from half past seven. And last night, UCC won the Sigerson Cup. They beat UL after extra time. They did indeed. Um, the bubble's retirements, I'm always intrigued by the timings of these things. I think before the league, you kind of understand, maybe you kind of get a sense of where your involvement is going to be in the midst of a league campaign when the championship is on the horizon when Tipperary are in the midst of an injury crisis that might benefit a fit Bubbles O'Dwyer Yeah you'd wonder what conversation is taking place between Liam Cahill and Bubbles about potential game time mm. later into this season I think there's a very strong feeling even with the injuries that are there that Cahill is trying to let's say evolve the team as opposed to a revolution by bringing in some of those players that he would have worked with previously at underage level both minor and at under 20 right, he's been yeah, well, he's been very brave as well about the idea of where he's played some of his players like putting Bream back into full back sure. uh, playing Bonner at full forward I think he has a very clear idea of where he wants the team to go but God, if they could if they could have the bubbles of 2016, who was almost the perfect melding of a tremendously skillful player, and he is known as the wristy hurling player's yeah. wristy hurler. That's how good he was with his wrists. A very kind of distinctive um, striking style that he had, where he could generate power with very little backlift with his shots as well. Um, would also the work rate that he provided for Tipperary in that 2016 season. I think he was a big reason as to why they won the Liam McCarthy. And even in 2019, he still complemented some of the big scorers around the team with his work rate as well. But unfortunately, as Carl mentioned, the last couple of years have not been good to him injury-wise. And I wonder as well whether Bubbles now thinks at this stage he wasn't going to get himself back into first-team contention. Always one of those players who, in my head, will be 23. And that's the, like the, that. That's not just me getting old. It's like I think the type of player that he was, and that he'll always be that effervescent forward who was, as you mentioned, the wristy hurler's wristy hurler. He'll always be like twenty two, twenty three, and, and and a young bright thing as Barcelona make it two two 
in the Camp Nou. Uh, it looks as if it is Robert Lewandowski who has gotten this goal. Rafinha with the ball out wide right in with his left foot and Robert Lewandowski gets a little bit of a flick on it. Enough to send it past David De Gea. And this is a hell of a first leg and a hell of a tie already. Going, I don't think does he Lewandowski. Touch that? I don't think sure he, he, he does. does. He is, I thought he did from the initial replay. No. He's done the classic striker thing, lads, where he has gone off to claim it as if oh. he thinks he's got a heel on it. The ball has actually gone directly in. Yeah. You could say that his run has created the situation where the defenders can't block the cross, yeah. uh, but I think that's a Rafinha goal. That's a 100% Rafinha goal, as the UEFA graphics tell us. One goal in one match for the Brazilian. Barcelona 2, Manchester United 2, 13 minutes to go in this one. Uh, looking forward to getting John Giles' opinion on this one after half past seven. Uh, other games on going. Uh, half of our slate of games are already uh, towards the closing stages, Goal. Yeah, so they're all approaching the final uh, 10 minutes now or so. It's goalless between Ajax and Union Berlin. It's Salzburg nil, Roma nil, and Shakhtar 2, Ren 1. So they, all those games got underway at a quarter to six. Then Bayer Leverkusen against Monaco is one of the eight o'clock starts. Juventus versus Nantes, Sevilla versus PSV, and Sporting against Michelin. All of those games underway from eight. Uh, we've had Big Tigers, big return to the PGA Tour as well today, Cahill, at the, uh, the Genesis Invitational at the Riviera. How's he getting on? Yeah, well, he's actually uh, teeing off shortly. He's out with uh, Rory McIlroy uh, later on this evening, at a, just after f- uh, five past eight, I think, is their tea time, Irish time. Matt Kuchar currently leading the field there at Riviera. Six under par through 12 holes. He has a two-stroke lead over the field. John Ram among the players on uh, four under par. But as you say, Tiger Woods getting his uh, season underway this evening alongside Rory McIlroy. And he says he's keen to get back onto the course and into competitive action. I can do the Ranger Rick thing, and so I can hit golf balls and do all that stuff. It's matter what I have the endurance in my leg, and we've been pushing it pretty good and um, been able to recover each and every day, which is great. So I'm excited about to be able to compete and play and play here at Riviera, where basically it all started. Yeah, there you go. Tiger Woods, uh, four minutes past the eight o'clock is when he's out alongside Rory McIlroy. And we've also had DP World Tour action as well today, Call. Yeah, so John Murphy leading the Irish contingent on two under par at the Thailand Classic. Gary Hurley and Tom McKibben, one under, and the leader shared there an eight under par by Martin Simonson and Sammy Valamaki. Uh, finally, big news out of Munster as well today. Uh, not only that there is a pundit playing for them this weekend, but also they made a signing for next season to replace Mr. Fekatoa. Yeah, so firstly to the team news ahead of tomorrow's game against Ospreys at Thoma Park and Simon Zebo set to make his first appearance four monsters since December in that URC match Ulster also in action tomorrow they've included Tom Stewart and Jacob Stockdale and their team for the trip to Glasgow Warriors and in terms of that uh, signing four monster today they've confirmed the addition of Alex Nankoville ahead of next season the 26 year old will join from the Chiefs on a two year deal and they've also confirmed today that Stephen Archer and Dave Kilcoyne have signed contract extensions We just saw another chance for Barcelona tipped wide by David De Gea reaction to this game from John Giles has been a cracker so far. You were thinking when David De Gea came out, he was actually in no man's land. Into, into his own goal. Then yeah. he committed. He committed to it and did quite well. They, they've been happy enough, Barcelona, to allow David De Gea to kick the ball himself during it. And in this instance, you're thinking you got to come out and clear man and ball. But his position was decent enough in the end to just get a, a palm and put it wide. This is a really exciting last 15 minutes. Oh, it's, it's been it's been great entertainment. This we'll get a reaction as I say from John Giles after half past seven. But now, uh, Carl, thank you. Will, thank you. Uh, 